Alright everybody, welcome to the podcast. So a lot of stuff to talk about, including mostly Survivor Series. So a lot of opinions I had on Survivor Series yesterday. Uh, but to start, uh, there was a good uh, random brain dropping I had about M. Night Shyamalan movies. I said they're a lot like that girlfriend you know you shouldn't see again, but yet you still do. Uh, sometimes you'll see a movie from him that you think is really good, and then you're excited to go see another one from him, and you find out, oh, this one's not quite as good. So he usually lets you down. Um, so I thought that that was a pretty good brain dropping to start the show. Uh, then there was this. Um, they actually have a term for uh, the circular movement that plants do. Uh, specifically, as you can see from this GIF, uh, climbing plants. It's called uh, circumnutation. Uh, basically how it circles around as it grows. Uh, so I thought that, that was a pretty cool tweet from Quite Interesting. Uh, then I was watching a podcast with uh, Joe Rogan, he had Neil deGrasse Tyson on, and I wasn't aware of the fact uh, that before he became a famous uh, astrophysicist, he was actually a wrestler in high school, uh, so that was pretty mind-blowing uh, that I found out on Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, another thing that was pretty interesting is on that podcast, uh, Tyson was talking about the fact that uh, in the movie Star Wars The Force Awakens, the new droid uh, BB-8, which isn't so new now, uh, he was talking about the physics of BB-8 being able to go through the sand, saying that it would just like stand there, it wouldn't be able to actually move, it would get stuck. Um, and sure enough, uh, somebody on Twitter, Ali Matu, uh, tried that but in snow, but it's the same idea. Uh, because they do have the, the toy BB-8 now with remote control and apparently it did get stuck, it, it didn't get any traction, it wasn't able to go in the snow so uh, you tweeted out Neil deGrasse Tyson you were right about BB-8 uh, and to quote Neil deGrasse Tyson about that he was saying in the Star Wars uh, The Force Awakens movie BB-8 a smooth rolling metal spherical ball would have skidded uncontrollably on sand. Uh, so sure enough, he was right about that. Another thing that he pointed out, which I thought was interesting, was uh, just artistically how similar a brain cell looks when it's magnified to the universe. Uh, but he was saying that you know it's only interesting artistically because it's completely different physics. The brain is more chemical, uh, whereas the universe is quite different from that. But it is uh, interesting just visually, artistically, when you're looking at it, how similar the brain and the universe uh, look. The brain cell there on the left and the universe there on the right if you're watching us on YouTube. Uh, the other thing he said which I thought was great was he was saying the universe is under no obligation to make sense to you. Uh, so I thought that, that was a good quote uh, from Neil deGrasse Tyson as well. Um, but moving on to baseball, uh, the Baltimore Orioles apparently are, are very interested in uh, the pitcher Lance Lynn, uh, in addition to Alex Cobb, uh, among free agent starting pitchers. So I'm not sure if they're interested in just one of those two or both of them, uh, but clearly they want to try to improve their rotation. Uh, it's coming at an interesting time, uh, considering the fact that you know you've got Boston on the rise, you've got the New York Yankees on the rise, you've got the Blue Jays depending on what they do, probably on the decline. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. They're probably going to be in the cellar of the division again. But uh, it's interesting that Baltimore would be so aggressive 
to get a, a starting pitcher uh, like one of those two. Uh, John Morosi continued to say that Baltimore is believed to have slight preference for Alex Cobb because he has AL East experience pitching for the Tampa Bay Rays. That would make a lot of sense to me too. Uh, but moving on to uh, NXT TakeOver uh, in Houston, so uh, lots of interesting things took place uh, there. One of them was uh, Andrade Cien uh, Almas dropped the title after he won it, so he was on the entrance ramp after he won it, and he actually dropped it, and then he ended up going up on the announce table, and he held up the championship, except it was upside down. Uh, so I was thinking, you know, that's a great start. Uh, for somebody that you're trying to push, unless on purpose they want him to look clumsy, uh, in which case that makes sense, which is possible. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I saw online as soon as he won, like not a lot of people were believing it. Uh, they don't think he's like a credible champion. Some people were saying that he's a worse champion than Jinder Mahal, which is funny because I actually like Jinder Mahal as being champion and he might be. Uh, after what happened on Survivor Series, we'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't really see what I see in Jinder Mahal and, and Almas. I, I, I think that honestly, if it wasn't for uh, you know his his manager uh, Vega, I I don't think that he would even be in that title hunt. And I don't just mean storyline wise. I mean charisma wise everything she's drawing all of the attention rightfully so and he's just i don't know there's nothing about his character that is interesting or appealing to me um and i just find like his wrestling skills they're okay but they're not great i also kind of felt like drew mcintyre had a relatively weak match as well um you know there's rumors that he might be moving on to Raw or SmackDown after TakeOver, which is usually what happens when a champion loses for NXT, but I don't know, like, I, I just kind of felt like they both had a bomb of a match, um, and I think Almas literally dropped the ball, he dropped the title on the entrance ramp, um, you know, we'll see what happens, I don't want to judge it too early, because, you know, clearly as a champion they're going to develop him even further, but... I honestly don't even know why they put him in that match. I think there's way more talented people uh, in NXT that are deserving of that spot. One of them, Aleister Black. Um, honestly, like I would love to see Aleister Black just get called up. I think he's that good, and I think he brings something new and unique uh, that would help Raw or SmackDown. But you know, I think they're probably just going to try to build him up slowly probably he'll be one of the top contenders against Almas. Um, you know, you look at Undisputed Era uh, and Adam Cole possibly being a contender, maybe Eric Young. Um, you know, maybe they go out and they get James Storm. Uh, maybe he becomes a contender. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different directions that they could go with Almas as, as champion. Um, but whatever direction they go, if it doesn't work out, I hope that it's just a short reign, maybe even as short as Drew McIntyre's, uh, and that Aleister Black is the one that gets it from him, because I would just love to see Aleister Black win the title and then very quickly move up to the main roster, because I really do think that he's got the most potential, probably since Shinsuke Nakamura, 
as far as somebody from NXT making it up to the main roster and doing well. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, then, of course, the big match uh, for NXT that night was NXT War Games. Uh, so I, there was a lot of stuff that disappointed me about the match. Uh, I felt like it was definitely sanitized by the WWE with the two rings having like a ramp in between, of the, in between them. Uh, which I thought was kind of silly because that was one of the cool things about in WCW it would just be like a gap in between the two rings and I know they probably did that to avoid injury and for the wrestlers safety but they were you know in WCW they were able to do some really cool things with that you know if, if a wrestler got stuck in between they would like put their boot down and try to like get them into that you know gap or they would try to like choke them out with their boot in between the two rings um, you know, they did a lot of stuff with that. I remember uh, Sting uh, in one of them, or maybe a few of them, would actually like leap over the ropes and go from one ring and land in the other, usually onto an opponent. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of feel like they may have sanitized it a little bit too much with the ramp in addition to the fact that pinfalls were allowed, in addition to the fact that there was no roof. Um, you know, they did a lot to change the match, which to me, really, they could have just named it something else and, and said that this is something different. Um, but obviously, brand recognition, name recognition, I understand why they did it. Um, the other thing that I was disappointed in and I think took away from the match was back in the day in WCW, they would do it one at a time. So as opposed to having, like, one member from each team start the match and then all of a sudden their whole team gets put in. Uh, it was random and it was one at a time. And I thought that that was a much better way to have this type of match because it makes it more interesting. There's there's more, you know, question about what's actually going to happen. It makes it more random. Um, and it gave random advantages for shorter periods of time as opposed to all of a sudden, like, it being a three-on-one or three-on-two if they were able to work together. Uh, it was just kind of lame to me I think if they had done it the right way and again like there's really no excuse in my opinion because if they did it one at a time they're not on pay-per-view anymore they're on their own network so they could extend the time if they need it they could make the other matches shorter to give themselves more time um, you know I think they could have done more with that match if they just stuck to you know what worked before um, the only thing that saved the match in my opinion was when Sanity introduced weapons into the match so they brought in the tables they brought in the trash cans the kendo sticks the chairs everything um that made the match a little bit more interesting and, and bearable but you know i think they made too many changes to the initial idea and from that perspective it was kind of disappointing um the reason why i, I really felt the random entrances would have been better uh is because then potentially what they could have done is had Roderick Strong enter dead last. So have him be like the last person that enters the match and then have him, you could potentially have him turn on the Authors of Pain and join the Undisputed Era uh, as like a swerve. And the reason why I say that is because historically in that match, usually there is a swerve like that. If you think about Kurt Henning with the Four Horsemen and the NWO, you know, he turned on the Four Horsemen and he became a member of the NWO. Um, you know, that would be very cool because Roderick Strong obviously was given the opportunity to join the Undisputed Era. He turned it down. 
but it would have been interesting if he did all of that just to betray the authors of pain and join Undisputed Era anyways. I think that would have been a better thing to do, but, you know, they, they didn't do that. Um, during that match, uh, Mauro Ranello was doing commentary, and uh, there was a point in the match where Killian actually ate the key that locked the, that locked the, the cage door, and he said, Killian is the key for the team, and I was dying laughing. The other thing he said was when they brought in the tables, the table for three is now available on WWE Network, so I was dying laughing as commentary, and I, I wish uh, the WWE would give Mauro Ranello more of a shot to do commentary for Raw, SmackDown, and the bigger pay-per-views, because he just brings an excitement, and he does such he does such a better job than any other commentator, maybe other than Corey Graves, because Corey Graves, I think, is pretty good too, but, uh, you know, definitely better than Cole, definitely better than Saxton, definitely better than uh, Booker T., that goes without saying. Um, better than all of them, really, except for maybe Corey Graves. So I would love to see more Ranello get an opportunity to do more of the bigger pay-per-views. I'd love to see Renee Young become a member of the, the announced team. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Billionaire Mindset tweeted out, uh, don't compare your chapter 1 to someone else's chapter 20. I thought that it was a pretty good tweet. You know, a lot of times you find yourself comparing yourself with others, and you got to remember that, you know, it's a totally different life. They're going through something totally different, things like that. So it might be easy to, to compare yourself, but it, it, you're not really helping yourself by doing that. you got to remember that it's, it's apples and oranges. It's totally different. Um, then there was a good joke. I, I was saying, remember when the, the Toronto Maple Police were icing so much that they could open a bakery? They've come a long way. They ended up on Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada, beating Montreal, I believe, 6 to nothing. And uh, it was the first game Austin Matthews came back uh, with his injury, and uh, he had at least two goals, I believe, at least an assist as well. Um, and the Maple Leafs have won, I believe, six straight now. So all of a sudden, they continue to do really well. Obviously, they're in a rough division, you would think if you won six straight that you would automatically be the best team in that division. But, you know, you're looking at a team like Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, so the Leafs still have work to do. But uh, a lot of people are interested to see what they're going to do at the trade deadline uh, with Van Riemsdyk. My opinion, I think they should keep Van Riemsdyk at least for the playoffs this year. Uh, I know that means that they would lose him for nothing. But... I don't know if you can get a top two defenseman or top pairing defenseman for just James Van Riemsdyk. You might be able to get a uh, top four defenseman, but is losing Van Riemsdyk worth it? Um, you know, it's not that the Maple Leafs don't have depth at forward. They really do. The issue, I think, for the Maple Leafs would be you lose the size of Van Riemsdyk and the fact that he's really so good right in front of the net. He's a true power forward. He uses that size to his advantage and he's a fast skater on top of it. Uh, I would kind of hate to see the Leafs lose Van Riemsdyk even if it did mean him bringing in a, a defenseman uh, for nothing. But then again, you know, there's even crazier rumors of the Leafs trading Mitch Marner for a defenseman and that I think is absolutely nuts because you're really going 
two steps backwards and you hope one step forward by doing that. I think Mitch Marner should be a staple of the team. Uh, I understand he's got issues with Babcock, but you know the fact that he's producing like he was on the fourth line with limited minutes tells you everything you need to know about the kid. He's a very talented player. That goes without saying. Um, you know, you may not like sometimes how he plays defensively, but you know, look at like an Alex Ovechkin. You know, like there's really not much defense coming from somebody like that either. You you have to kind of look at the good and the bad with players like that. But you've also got to realize like talent like that doesn't come around that often. And by trading away somebody like Mitch Marner, you're probably making the other team a hell of a lot better then you're making your own team. You're probably getting worse by trading Mitch Marner, even if you get a better defenseman, um, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens with the Maple Leafs. They've got a lot of time between now and the trade deadline to make those decisions. Uh, they've got to make their decision up about Lou Lamorello as general manager if they're going to extend him. I know they're worried about losing their assistant general manager, uh, Kyle Dubas, I believe his name is, uh, because he's such a, a hotshot guy who uses analytics that they want to try to keep in their organization. But, you know, I don't see why they wouldn't be able to retain Lou Lamorello. Lou Lamorello comes in with a lot of experience, a lot of winning experience, uh, Stanley Cups. You know, like he knows how to win. And even if he comes on and comes back to the Leafs, not as a general manager, but maybe as a senior consultant or something like that, I think that's worth it for the Maple Leafs. I would hate to see them lose somebody like Lou Lamorello just so that they don't lose, uh, I'll be blunt, an unproven youngster like uh, Kyle Dubas. Now, I understand that they believe in this kid and they think that he's the future uh, as a GM, but everybody needs a mentor and I think that Lou Lamorello is a good mentor for Dubas if you keep Dubas but lose Lamorello it kind of defeats the purpose in my opinion uh, but we'll see what the Maple Leafs do uh, then Adam tweeted uh, next time anyone moans about Roman Reigns being booked too strong remind them that Shawn Michaels eliminated Yokozuna and Vader from the 1996 Royal Rumble simultaneously on his own and uh, this hurts my eyes tweeted that was different because Shawn Michaels was on coke then so he has that kind of strength <laughs> so I thought that that was a pretty funny tweet uh, then uh, there was this tweet I had is there anything more satisfying in life than winning a game of Scrabble with these two words so I thought that that was pretty funny And also in that same podcast that Joe Rogan had with Neil deGrasse Tyson, it was interesting to me, they were showing a visual of all of the space junk uh, around planet Earth. And there you see the image there. It is absolutely terrifying how much space junk there is around Earth. It really does surround the entire planet. Um, and what was really crazy, what Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking about is that there's so much space junk now that in the future, there's actually concerns about whether or not they can actually launch missions to have spaceships go out without hitting the space junk. Uh, so that's how crazy it, it's gotten with all of the satellites and all of the crazy shit that's out there. Uh, just 
metal uh, just flying around the earth uh, so that's some pretty scary stuff uh, the other thing I thought was crazy is apparently uh, Yelp is so overused uh, and you know that it's overused when there's actually Yelp reviews for craters on earth uh, created by asteroids and, and possibly some of that debris around the earth uh, with space junk uh, so it's like why would anybody even rate craters is someone going oh yeah I think I could dig a better hole like it's pretty crazy uh, then Donald Trump tweeted out uh, now that the three basketball players are out of China and saved from years in jail LeVar Ball the father of Lee Angelo is unaccepting of what I did for his son and that shoplifting is no big deal I should have left them in jail uh, and my friend Mike was saying you should have uh, LeVar Ball is a piece of shit <laughs> so I, I do kind of agree with that but I also think uh, Trump is kind of playing into LeVar Ball's hands here because obviously the big baller brand and LeVar Ball it's all about publicity and what bigger publicity can you get than from the president of the United States so Trump is kind of stupidly once again playing into this time LeVar Ball's uh, hands with that uh, then there was this cool image uh, from History and Pictures on Twitter in Venice showing a Pink Floyd concert, which I thought was pretty cool. This was in 1989. And I was blown away uh, by an article that I read about uh, a major problem, that, which I didn't even really know, I'll be honest, uh, of, of apparently uh, a lot of inbreeding going on in uh, Islam culture, in a Muslim culture. Uh, and they had numbers to back that up, studies done by BBC. Uh, it was really eye-opening, something I wasn't even really aware of. Uh, the link is there on twitter.com slash Newton if you're interested, but I was stunned, to say the least, about that. Uh, pretty disturbing stuff, because obviously with that inbreeding comes a lot of medical issues, uh, possible retardation, things like that. Uh, so pretty crazy stuff there. Um, Another thing which I didn't know is that apparently a mother's voice releases oxytocin in her children, which is uh, a chemical in the brain that uh, produces a feeling of, of, of feeling good, things like that. So I thought that was pretty interesting as well. Uh, but going on to Survivor Series, uh, WWE Creative Humor tweeted out, it's The Miz versus Baron Corbin to determine which guy is the internet darling. So I thought that that was pretty funny. Um, and then Amy Myers tweeted out, uh, with 80% of our immune system in our gut, we must support and nurture our, micro our microbiome because all of those good bacteria influence our immune system and determine if it will be healthy or if it will go rogue as with autoimmunity. Uh, so a good article there uh, from Amy Myers on Twitter there. Uh, and then Chris Wallace uh, was speaking with uh, Steve Mnuchin about a picture that he took here uh, where a lot of people were saying that he looked like a James Bond villain. And he said that he takes that as a compliment. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say. Like, it's somebody that Trump's appointed, so that, I guess, pretty much speaks for itself. Um, then I've got to say, out of everything that happened in Survivor Series, the one thing that happened that I thought was 
unbelievable and I really do feel like especially now after watching the entire show uh, that they stole the show and they owned the show right from the very beginning it was the shield versus new day they absolutely stole the show uh, it was without question an instant classic um, and they should be proud of what they did all six men they, they, they put on probably one of the best matches I've seen this year uh, and that's not an exaggeration like I really thought that that was an unbelievable matchup uh, also talking about Survivor Series, I thought it was funny when Curtis Axel was wearing that neck brace. I think he had the raw red shirt wrapped around it, uh, but it made him look a lot like uh, Joel Gertner from ECW. Uh, and sure enough, WWE Creative Humor almost right after tweeted uh, the quintessential stud muffin Curtis Axel, because that's obviously uh, Gertner's old uh, nickname. Uh, then t Twitter Moments tweeted out, an Aussie radio station asked the Prime Minister Turnbull Malcolm, or Malcolm Turnbull, I should say, uh, to name his favorite ACDC tune. It didn't go very well. So I said, so he was thunderstruck. <laughs> uh, Michael Cole uh, said in the Survivor Series pay-per-view at one point, people do have friends. Uh, and WWE Creative Humor made fun of him, saying, said by Michael Cole, who has no friends. Uh, also, uh, I was saying it's like Baron Corbin always has a good idea for a, pro a promo, but then he fucks it up. So he beat The Miz, and he had a great idea for a promo. He was standing over The Miz, and he put his hand up, and he says, When my hand goes up, your mouth went... Instead of saying shut, which is The Miz's catchphrase, he said closed. Um... So, again, like, he had a great idea for a promo, but once again, he fucked it up. And I think that's why the WWE hasn't been giving Corbin that major push that everybody's been looking for from him. Uh, you know, he cashed in the Money in the Bank briefcase. He didn't win. You know, he's lost a lot of matches. Somehow, he became the U.S. champion along the way. Uh, you know, beating The Miz, I think, is huge. I think it's a mistake. I would have loved to have seen The Miz win the match, but, you know, I'm not too disappointed in that I like you know when they build up young wrestlers as well but uh, you know this was like a golden opportunity for Corbin to cut like a brilliant promo and he fucked it up once again so I thought that that was pretty disappointing uh, WWE creative humor tweeted out so we're one step away from revealing that Baron Corbin is the father of Maurice's baby aren't we uh, and I was responding saying Rene Dupree will make a comeback claiming it's his baby Adam Cole will say it's his baby, and Mori Povich will be needed to decide. Uh, then, during Survivor Series, they had a commercial with Bailey and a guy named Steven. Steven was looking to get a ring. Uh, I forget the name of the store that they... I think it's KB Jewelers or something. I, I can't remember. People, the People's Jewelers, something. Uh, they were, he was looking for a ring for his fiance to propose uh, and WWE Creative Humor tweeted out hopefully Stephen doesn't propose to his fiance during a, a Paul Heyman promo after what happened on Monday Night Raw so I thought that, that was pretty funny uh, then I was saying Seamus is so white he's putting sunblock on his fucking hair tips at Survivor Series because he had his hair spiked as he usually does but then he had like this white coloring on his mohawk uh, and then I, I took it one step further. I said, Seamus just took the there's something about Mary look to a whole nother level. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, then Billionaire Mindset tweeted out, you weren't born to just pay bills and die, so I thought that that was a good tweet. Uh, WWE Creative Humor tweeted out, it's fun watching Brock Lesnar recreate WWE versus TNA. That match was insane. Brock Lesnar was just tossing AJ Styles around for most of the match like he was a rag doll. Uh, and I was disappointed with that because I would have liked to have seen AJ Styles do more in the match. I think when you're talking about somebody who's the WWE champion, which is supposed to be the most prestigious championship, versus somebody that's the universal championship, which is a new championship, which doesn't have the lineage of the WWE championship, I would have thought that Vince and the people that are in control of making the decisions about that match would have wanted AJ Styles to look stronger, but instead they make the part-timer Brock Lesnar look like a monster, uh, just rampaging through AJ Styles. It made AJ Styles look so weak. I don't care what the commentators were saying during or after the match. I think it made him look very weak. Um, you know, I didn't like the fact that Brock Lesnar won the match clean either. I think that also makes AJ Styles look weak. Um, and I think that that's a mistake because AJ Styles is there for the long haul. Brock Lesnar is probably, let's be honest, going to drop the title to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And once that happens, Brock Lesnar may not even return to WWE. He might go back to the UFC. Um, you know, and you look at the shape that Brock Lesnar was in at Survivor Series, he had a huge gut. He looked like he was totally out of shape. Um, and here he is just rampaging through uh, a guy that you've built for a while now as a credible WWE champion. You know, beating Jinder Mahal, who was champion for quite some time as well, who beat John Cena, etc. And what will it do for you? You know, it, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, WWE Creative Humor was a little bit funnier with their take. They were saying maybe losing the title wasn't such a bad thing as a fake quote from Jinder Mahal um, because of the damage that he was taking from Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles. But, um, you know, I, I think a much better thing would have been if Ginger Mahal came out and attacked Brock Lesnar. You know, it would have disqualified uh, AJ Styles. Brock Lesnar would have won the match. And then right after, Ginger Mahal maybe could have gone after AJ Styles. That way, AJ Styles doesn't lose, you know, in a clean way to Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, more importantly, doesn't win clean over the WWE Champion. And you know, you keep that prestige with the WWE Championship while at the same time Brock Lesnar still wins. Um, I, I just think it could have been done a lot better. I think it could have been done in a way that made AJ Styles look stronger. Um, I th would be shocked uh, because they also announced that Ginger Mahal is going to be getting a, a WWE title shot on SmackDown this week on Tuesday. I would be shocked if he doesn't win that match. Um, I, I think... You know, the decision was made to have AJ Styles against Brock Lesnar, but I don't think they've got any interest in keeping the title on AJ Styles. I think they want it to go right back to Jinder Mahal so that they can build Jinder Mahal against John Cena. Uh, for some reason, they think that that's a bigger match than AJ Styles against Shinsuke Nakamura for the title. Um, you know, again, I don't think WWE is listening to their audience sometimes. Um, and again, WWE Creative Humor was some really funny tweets last night. One of them was, it looks like Brock Lesnar has been enjoying some Jimmy John's. Obviously, that's a sponsor on his trunks, but you could really see a much bigger gut on Brock Lesnar. He just did not look like he was in shape. 
and again that's even more reason like why the hell are you continuing to build this guy up um and honestly it's not just like the the creative or the the writers that you're pissed off at anymore as much as the fans like i don't understand why brock lesnar is getting the reaction that he gets from the fans anymore he's clearly part-time you know he's clearly just a placeholder until roman reigns wins the title from him at wrestlemania it's just such a joke and it's it's just pathetic to be honest um I was also saying for once I actually agreed with Byron Saxton when he was saying that AJ should go for the count-out victory when they were both on the outside and he just rammed uh, Brock Lesnar through the steel steps to hit his knee on it. Uh, and I was saying, you know, for once I actually agreed with him until I was thinking Ginger Mahal was going to come out to screw that up, but that didn't happen either. So pretty disappointing match. Um, then, of course, we had the big five-on-five match. Uh, WWE Creative Humor was saying maybe Shinsuke Nakamura's strategy is to give Team Raw a seizure. Uh, obviously, with his entrance, everybody knows. Uh, so I thought that, that was pretty funny. Uh, and then they were saying, and representing Team John Cena, it's John Cena. Because Cena comes out, and he's not even wearing any SmackDown shirt. No blue. He's wearing his new you know, neon green shirt. Uh, it was ridiculous. Uh, and then there was a point in the match where he kept blowing his fingers like he was the character Ben Affleck played in The Accountant, uh, which I thought was pretty... Uh, honestly, I don't, didn't get it. Uh, then WWE Creative Humor was saying if Finn Balor had his demon makeup on, he would have kicked out of that RKO from Randy Orton. Uh, then, you know, ultimately the match came down to Kurt Angle, Triple H, Braun Strowman against Shane McMahon. Uh, so I was saying maybe Shane will take in Hulk Hogan or the Macho Man who were fans in the, in the front of the crowd. Uh, so I thought that that would be pretty funny. Uh, then Triple H turned on Kurt Angle and I was thinking, oh, you know, maybe Triple H just wants to get Kurt Angle fired. Um, but then he ended up winning the match himself, uh, hitting the pedigree on Shane McMahon. And WWE Creative Humor tweeted, because no matter what, Triple H wins is this your first time watching wrestling uh so i thought that that was pretty good i just added as vince would say what a maneuver uh for survivor series uh uber facts tweeted out something i didn't know the sum of all the numbers on a roulette wheel is 666 which is pretty creepy uh robert swick tweeted uh crazy images here uh of the georgia dome being uh demolished uh, it's crazy to me because the Georgia Dome is not that old and it's actually a better facility than a lot of modern facilities. Uh, but for whatever reason, uh, you know, Atlanta has the type of economy where they can do that. Obviously, the Falcons play in their new stadium now. Uh, you know, Atlanta also has the Phillips Arena. So, you know, the Georgia Dome had a lot of history, Super Bowls, uh, you know, the Atlanta Falcons, a lot of great wrestling events went there. Uh, one of the biggest ones I'll never forget was uh, Monday Nitro where they had Hollywood Hogan uh, defend the title against Goldberg. That was the first time Goldberg, Goldberg became the world champion. So a lot of big memories there in the Georgia Dome, but they did demolish it earlier. Um, then there was this clip uh, from uh, Alan Cheapshot, which we'll end the show with. Uh, and it's Daniel Bryan against Samoa Joe doing a West Side Story uh, imitation as they're circling each other and they're doing snaps as they're doing it. 
Um, unfortunately, though, that clip doesn't appear to want to play, so you can check it out, twitter.com slash thejohndnewton. Uh, thanks, guys, for watching. Thanks for listening. If you're listening on iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher, uh, definitely if you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you subscribe. Oh, there we go. The video's playing. Perfect. And we will see you guys on the next episode of the podcast.